Welcome to Imagine That. Your host is Dr. Miriam Franco. Today, we'll discover the power of imagination to relax and discuss many of the ways it can help solve problems, improve your health, and more. Imagination is a healthy, powerful tool that, when applied to a concern, becomes a powerful ally that we can all benefit from. Now, here is Dr. Miriam Franco. Welcome to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Miriam Franco. As a psychologist and guided imagery specialist, I have witnessed the power of our imagination to help us reduce pain, let go of stress, prepare for challenging life events, and improve our health and coping. As Albert Einstein said, first we imagine it, then we create it. Each week on Imagine That, I interview healthcare professionals, wellness experts, teachers, artists, and community leaders who apply innovative ways to use the power of the imagination to relax, cope, perform, and learn. Today, we explore relieving caregiver stress. Our guest today is Alyssa Lewin, founder and executive director of Nancy's House, a caregiver respite program in the greater Philadelphia area. Alyssa founded Nancy's House in 2004 to fill a need for service to family caregivers. Nancy's House provides the time, the space, and the community to break the isolation and exhaustion of caregiving. At Nancy's House, guests gain the skills they need in order to be their best for themselves and for their loved ones. Alyssa Lewin is a licensed psychologist marriage and family therapist, and has been a caregiver many times. She received her master's degree from Temple University and did postgraduate training at the Marriage Council of Philadelphia. Alyssa was an adjunct therapist there for nine years and continues to maintain a private practice now for over 30 years. Welcome to Imagine That, Alyssa, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Miriam. I am delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. In honor of November being National Caregivers Month, I wanted to call attention to the plight and scope of caregivers in America. In 2013, about 40 million family caregivers provided unpaid care valued at $470 billion to adults who needed help with daily activities. These include bathing, dressing, meal preparation, and transportation. According to caregiving in 2015 in the United States, about 3.7 million caregivers provided care to a child under the age of 18 because of a medical, behavioral, or disability issue. And 6.5 million family caregivers assisted both adults and children. As you know, Alyssa, we expect these numbers to increase. It's estimated that by 2030, there'll be a national shortage of paid direct care workers and unpaid family caregivers. So for many years now, research has documented that that pervasive stress, worry, and sleep deprivation can lead to caregivers' neglect of their own health. And as you have often stated, Alyssa, Caregivers are the invisible backbone of our healthcare system, and yet historically, 
there have been few services available to support them, despite the constant cry of caregivers need to take care of themselves. From what I understand, this was part of your experience as well. How did you cope with the task of caregiving yourself? Well, to answer that question very truthfully, I failed the test the first time. Um, my venture into caregiving was as is typical. I was a woman in my 40s. I had a toddler and a, an elementary school age child with some significant learning disabilities and a mother-in-law who became quite ill very suddenly and we had to do a lot to take care of her. And that's really kind of the textbook picture of what caregiving in this country looks like right now. A woman in her 40s with her own kids and um, taking care of an elderly parent. You know, that's that sandwich generation. And I did that um, as best I could, taking care of everyone except myself, and in the process developed an immune system cancer. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And were you providing direct care in your home, or were you commuting? Uh, for the kids, it was certainly in my home. But then on top of that was the commuting to take care of a mother-in-law and to uh, help with getting her placed. She was really so ill, we could not take care of her in my home. Mm -hmm. I've actually kind of done every flavor of caregiving. Mm -hmm. We had my mother-in-law who had to be placed in assisted living and then nursing care. We had my father-in-law who had to live with us for his final five years. And then we had my own parents who aged in place. Mm -hmm. Wow. Support. <laughs> so you have a lot of experience with caregiving, um, both with your own parents, your in-laws, and at times your own children. Yes, absolutely. And it was that experience that really led me to find, finding the need, seeing the need, and finding an answer for what happens to us as caregivers when we don't have support. So... This experience obviously influenced you to help create Nancy House, Nancy's House. Mm-hmm. Were there other experiences as well? When I was taking care of my father-in-law, having already developed cancer, I thought, well, I'm going to be ahead of the curve and mm-hmm. take care of myself. Mm-hmm. In doing that, I started to see a massage therapist named Nancy Brown. Mm-hmm. She had a son with autism, and it was actually a conversation with her one day about wouldn't it be great if there were a place that we could take care, be, where we could be taken care of the way we take care of these other people. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like she was there to plant that seed because within weeks of that conversation, she poof disappeared, and nobody in the practice knew where she went, just gone. Um, my father-in-law lived for another four and a half years, and I thought all that time I was taking care of myself. The day after he died, I woke up and realized I had just had my first solid night's sleep in five years, and I hadn't even realized it. And I thought, if this could happen to me, and I think I'm ahead of the curve on self-care, what's happening to everybody else? And I started doing the research. And the answer is, as you well know, there is a lot happening. There's a lot that's been documented. There's a lot of that statement that you made earlier of caregivers have to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. But... The services to do that are few and far between, and there is actually no other program in the country that does what we do. I was about to say that. I was speaking to a um, health professional 
just the other day out in California who was taking care of her brother and she was the surviving sole relative and had to relocate out to that coast. And though she's, you know, wonderful generally in terms of self-care, she was bemoaning the fact there was no respite program for her in the California area. You know, and if you think of California, which normally has, you know, a redundancy of services. um, And so, you know, I, I don't know of many respite care programs. So let's, so I'm taking it that Nancy's house was named after the massage therapist, Nancy? It was. That's a thank you to Nancy for that conversation. How wonderful. How apt. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Nancy's house then. I know it provides the time, the space, and the community to break isolation and exhaustion of caregiving, mm-hmm. but what are some of the actual programs or services it provides? And could you explain also, please, Alyssa, what exactly is respite care? Of course. So one of the problems we face in our society and our culture today is actually that definition of respite, which Mm -hmm. very often is assumed to be um, the services that come in to take care of that person with the diagnosis. And the theory behind that is if I'm taking care of the person that you're taking care of, that leaves you free to go take care of yourself. Well, any of us who's been a caregiver knows that's not what happens. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody is taking care of your loved one, that's when you do the grocery shopping, do the laundry, take your kids to the doctor, meet with teachers, maybe go to work, you know, all those things, none of which are a real respite. That is a stepping away from the activity to rest and renew. So... We have, re- we have redefined, in essence, what that respite is in saying that this respite is for you as a caregiver, not just to step away from the person that you're taking care of, that in itself being a very important lesson, but we give people the skills to take care of themselves. We have two models of programs. We have a one-day respite retreat, and we have a three-day respite retreat. Mm-hmm. In the, both of them offer self-care skills, but in the three-day respite retreat, we also have two solid nights of sleep. When I was way back at the beginning developing this program, there was a quote that I came across that said, a good night's sleep will probably do you more good than a lifetime of stress management classes. (laughs) And that just rang so true, right? (laughs) Um, And so that was really the essence of it, that we start with two nights of sleep and build out from there. And when guests come, I tell them there are two things absolutely mandatory. They must eat and they must sleep and everything else is optional. That's a nice uh, centering basic approach. Eat and sleep. And from there we'll add on other things. That's right. If you so desire. Uh That's right. Because those are the basics. Those are the basics. Absolutely. That often are the first to go in the mm-hmm. um, act, constant acts of caregiving. So they're one- and three-day respite programs, and I understand they're in the greater Philadelphia and sometimes the South Jersey area, which right. some can t- consider an extension of Philadelphia <laughs> suburbs in this neck yeah, of the woods. Tell, don't tell the Jersey people that. <laughs> right. Um, how do you acquire funding for these respite programs, uh, and do members contribute And what if they have difficulty leaving their care recipient to attend? We understand that 
caregiving is not just emotionally and physically stressful, that it's financially stressful as well. And so the entire program really starts with the understanding that we are not going to ask caregivers to pay what our services really cost. Mm-hmm. So the one-day retreat has a $25 registration fee. Mm-hmm. The three-day retreat is a sliding scale from $75 to $200. Mm-hmm. And we stay in some very nice places. Um, we can talk about that more a little bit later. But the, the cost, no matter where we're staying, is kept very low. Nobody is turned away for inability to pay. We are very fortunate in that there are a couple of local churches that give us very small grants every year or two. And we can use that money to subsidize if someone can't afford the registration fee. Hold, you know, Delisa, hold that mm-hmm. thought. I want us to take our first commercial break, but I want to go back when we return to exactly how this works, because I think this okay. is so essential. Stay tuned. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. De-stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download imagery work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access imagery work, go to App Store or Google Play. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm Dr. Miriam Franco, your host. My guest today is Alyssa Lewin, founder and executor, executive director of Nancy's House, 
a respite program for caregivers in the greater Philadelphia area. If you'd like to learn more about Nancy's House, visit www.nancyshouse.org. That's www.nancys-house.org. Or visit the Facebook page. In our first segment today, Alyssa, we were discussing what the scope of caregiver stress and concerns are, how you came to create Nancy's House, and develop programs to promote rest, self-care, community, and social support. We had started to address uh, what you are, what you consider essential services to provide, which is two good nights rest or sleep in the mm-hmm. uh, longer program, and eating well. And we started to talk about how caregivers who participate in Nancy's House respite programs have very low fees and how some of the costs are covered um, elsewhere. Right. One of the questions we didn't get to in the first segment is how do caregivers break away? I mean, so often, I mean, one of the things I've always learned about providing caregiver programs for uh, my work in the uh, multiple sclerosis world and community is they never have time to go to programs. So how do you help them get to the respite care when they have to break providing services to their loved one? For a lot of people, taking that step, recognizing that they can, in fact, step out is one of the biggest pieces of learning that they get from the entire experience. And I will say that the first time, the feedback I get is the first time is difficult. But by the end of the first visit, what I hear a lot of is, when can I come back? Mm -hmm. That people figure out they not only can, but need to take that break. Um, I think, though, that part of the question you're asking is, if we have a financially stressed caregiver, how do they afford to step out? Because we know that, you know, bringing in a paid service is expensive. Yes. So there are a couple of answers to that. One is most of our guests actually have a friend or family member who steps up to the plate for them and says, I've got this covered, you go. Mm -hmm. And that I would say is the vast majority. That's two thirds to three quarters of our guests. Of that remaining quarter, about half have a paid caregiver with whom they already have a relationship that they already trust. And so they will continue that service with that person. Mm -hmm. For that little group that's left after that, um, we will actually help them to find a provider agency. And if they need help, with paying for that care. Again, we have those wonderful churches that give us those little tiny grants every now and again, and we can dip into that money to help to pay for the home care that allows that caregiver to step out. Wonderful. So how many times can they participate in respite care? Is it once a year? Oh, once is never enough, Miriam. I know. (laughs) Our guests can come as often as we have an appropriate um, retreat for them. Now, that that really is the catch. Because we are a program, not a place at this point, we can only run our programs as we get funding for them. And sometimes it's the source of the funding that defines who we can serve. Uh Okay, so how many participants typically do you have at the one day or the two night? Um, respite we, programs? 
we cap our groups at 10. We -hmm. want the groups to be small enough that people really get to know each other. They get to know each other's stories and they can really become that community of support. One of the things I hear over and over in what people take away from the day is I'm not alone anymore. I'm not the only one doing this. And they can reach out to others and just say, hey, you know, I just need a place to vent. I need someone who understands. And that's one of the biggest things that we can provide is building that community. That's so essential because even if people know intellectually they're not the only one, they're not having the experience of actually sharing and being in that place with other people. That's right. That's right. So do you sometimes have respite programs for caregivers of a specific or certain disease? In other words, the program is purposely limited to a specific disease entity? We often have that. And that is, um, again, a function of who's doing the funding for that program. So, for example, um, coming up, we have a retreat in November for ALS caregivers. That's being funded by the ALS Association for people that they serve. So that would be an example of a particular group. On the other hand, we have a one-day, I'm really excited about this one, we have a brand new one-day retreat program coming up in January that's arts-based, and that one's being funded by the Greater uh, Philadelphia Cultural Alliance. Um, And it's going to use dance and tile making, that tile making workshop that we did at our conference that was create your own touchstone that people found so valuable and and so much fun and just really useful. Um, We are repeating that and incorporating dance and movement so people can become aware in their bodies of where their emotions are being kept. Uh Um, And that's an exciting one. That one is open to all caregivers. So it really depends on the funding source um, who, who is being served. Mm-hmm. So I know because of my work, I, I'm a multiple sclerosis or AMS specialist for short. Mm-hmm. With the most common form of MS, which affects women far more frequently than men, there are a lot of male caregivers in the MS world. Do you have programs for men or are they men and women? Generally, we run single-sex programs, Mm -hmm. do have programs for men. What's really interesting is um, my experience has been a lot of men have a hard time reaching out. It's what I would call the John Wayne syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. The men who have come have raved about what they have gotten from the programs. And I think feel better um, for the most part being just with other men and recognizing other men are experiencing the same thing. Yes. I I find um, in um, MS support groups for men, some of them are online, just going out and doing activity with other men in the same situation is Mm -hmm. often a, a significant form of social support. Eventually they start talking about whatever, but the being with others in an activity and having the time to do that is e- extremely valuable. Yes, yes. And we have run some co-ed um, programs, mm-hmm. and, and they work well. People do get a lot from it, but I think there is a depth that happens when it's just the men or just the women that um, I find quite remarkable. So... 
Alyssa, the, there was a big study done, um, the Evercare study in about, um, I think it was 2010. Mm-hmm. And one of its main results, and it was a study done across America of mm-hmm. uh, family caregivers. Mm-hmm. The number one thing that respondents wanted was um, they wanted fast, effective relief from stress. Mm. 50% of them claim that stress impedes their ability to provide care. 82% reported that their doctors or their care Mm. recipients' doctors were aware of their caregiving role, but only half report that doctors suggested any ways they could take better care of themselves. And as you know, I use relaxation and guided imagery to reduce caregiver stress. It's one of the tracks on my app called Imagery Work. And I developed it because... I was doing programs with MS and Parkinson's caregivers and I would run into them at patient programs and they were constantly asking for relief for their stress. Right. So I know that guided imagery is a good fit for them because it's a simple mind-body technique. It's great for all kinds of learners. It doesn't take long to practice and, or, or as much time to master as some meditational practice. They can also do it at home because a lot of them don't get out to community programs. So one of the questions I have is, how do you address stress reduction in Nancy's house programs? Because when they leave, maybe they've gotten a good night's, you know, sleep Mm -hmm. and food and community. Um, But these skills are ones they can keep, you know, taking with them. So Mm -hmm. one of the um, studies that I came across when I was putting Nancy's house together was one that was looking at the effectiveness of respite and Uh found that respite in which you learn a skill is much more effective than respite in which you just would just rest. So that that's always a piece that I want to include is here are some skills that you can have in your back pocket so that when you go home, you can take care of yourself because that really is our goal, right? We want people to be able to take care of themselves and stay strong and healthy while they are taking care of their loved ones. Mm -hmm. So we offer what I would call a smorgasbord of techniques. I don't know of anything that's really one size fits all. And so my feeling is if I can offer you a number of things, something is bound to fit. Mm-hmm. So as another story that I hear, and I'm sure you hear it all the time is, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have yes. time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I start with the simplest. Are you breathing? Let's make that useful. And I teach how to do a deep breath, which is like the quickest, simplest, most effective stress reduction technique you can have. That's right. It's the basis for all stress reduction techniques. Right. Mm -hmm. And one breath is maybe 10 seconds. Do you have 10 seconds? Mm -hmm. And so I help people to build up from that. And it's not meant to be snarky. But it's really, let's take a look at what I don't have time really means and how to find I think that's very important. I would add that most people, once they start taking slower exhales and breathing in a more relaxed way, they realize how much they've been holding their breath all day long. Yes. That they're really breathing at like a half trot, you know? Yes. And they don't really recognize how good it feels to take a slow breath until they start doing it. So let's hold that thought because I want to explore more in our next segment. Steps 
to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. De-stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download Imagery Work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access Imagery Work, go to App Store or Google Play. How much health and wellness information have you been exposed to today? Listen to Prescription for Success with Dr. Emile Haldi. Healing and empowerment start from within, but it also takes the best knowledge and advice. That's what you'll find here. Dr. Haldi and his guests will help you make the right life-enhancing decisions for well-being success. Tune in live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Prescription for Success. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm your host, Dr. Miriam Franco. My guest today is Alyssa Lewin the founder and executive director of Nancy's House, a respite care program for caregivers in the greater Philadelphia area. If you'd like to learn more about Nancy's House and their respite care programs or their conferences for caregivers, you can visit www.nancyshouse.org. That's www.nancys.org. H-O-U-S-E dot org. In our last segment, Alyssa, we started to discuss some of the challenges of um, providing respite care programs and some of the issues of stress relief and the many kinds of stress that there are. So though, you know, personal stress and physical stress are, of course, significant to caregivers, I wondered if you could also address how caregivers also indicate they want to receive quick, effective relief from their own stress, but also to manage their own health more effectively and their financial concerns, because these factors also compound stress. They absolutely do. And I have to say, in my experience, 
the caregiver's own health really slides to the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And people are very good at ignoring what they need to do. And there are studies also that document this, that they will take their loved one to the doctor, you know, seven times a week, but their own needs get pushed to the side. Can we stop there for one second? I'd like to spell that out further because we use the, the phrase, you know, the catch-all, their medical care. This mm-hmm. includes things like not going to the dentist, uh, not going for regular doctor's appointments, but I think you're also referring to exercise, uh, healthy eating, you know, all these different components that make up uh, living well and wellness. It's funny that you mentioned that. I have a comment here from a guest at a retreat that we just ran about two weeks ago. And this was for caregivers who were taking care of loved ones who had traumatic brain injuries. Mm-hmm. There's a space at the end of the end of day evaluation where they can say anything they want. And this one guest said, I'm not used to eating healthy. However, the food today was excellent. I'm going to incorporate today's meals into my home routine. And yeah, so there you go. There you go. It's, it's that idea of th- there are better ways to feed your body. And when you can feel what that feels like in your body to eat that more healthy kind of food rather than the heavy fats and sugars and, and the, the quick grab and go stuff that we usually would think about. Um, when you can feel how your body responds differently, it's like, oh, I can do this. And so that's actually another part of what we teach. So much of what we offer is not in the classes and skills that we offer. I mean, that's a big piece to be sure. But so much of it is about what happens in between. I had one guest who said, a a gentleman when we ran a man's retreat, who said, well, if I had read your schedule, you know, I wouldn't have come because it had yoga and it had meditation. He's like, not going to do that frou-frou stuff. Mm -hmm. And at the end of his weekend, he was saying he had learned so much and gained so much support. And would have missed all of that if he had just gone with what the classes were. Sure. I mean, I think there's the, um, the learning by being in the experience, as you just, you know, gave the example of the woman who was eating well and then thinking, boy, this really feels good. I'm going to do more of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the uh, camaraderie. Uh, And I imagine there's all the informal learning that just goes on uh, by being there. Absolutely. And that sharing of experiences and how each has dealt with situations that come up. I know that one of the ALS caregiving retreats that we ran a little while back, one of our guests was very early in her journey and was kind of blown away by some of what the other guests were saying who were towards the end of their caregiving. But when she came back the next year, She said she was so glad that she had heard some of those stories because when it happened to her husband, she wasn't shocked or surprised or taken aback. She knew to be prepared and how to deal with some of the situations that came up. That's very helpful. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with ALS, it's often referred to as Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. Right. So Nancy's house has been in existence since 2004, and it has survived all these years. What? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. been quite a success. <laughs> what, uh, what is Nancy's house, or actually I should say the board's mm-hmm. wish list? I mean, now that you've been doing programs, and like about on average, how many do you do a year typically? 
Typically, we do about four a year, although I have to say this year has been stellar. We will be doing, I think, about 10 programs this year. That's amazing. That's almost one a month. So given how successful it has been, not just for the recipients, but it has survived and continued to find funding and places to host these respites, Mm -hmm. What now? I mean, the name of my podcast series is Imagine That. And often I find if people relax and imagine things and take time experiencing what they imagine, they're more apt to keep moving in that direction. So what is your board's wish list? You know, if you had either more funding or, uh, you know, people labor, what do you all imagine for future services or programming? Miriam, the biggest item on our wish list now is to have our own house. I can understand. Have our own facility. <laughs> yes, you and need... And we a, could run all the time. You need a physical center. Yes. This is often true for many organizations. You need a place where people can come and meet and associate to a house, a place, right? Right. So, right. so in other words, you need a house or a place where you can actually do the respite care and your own conferences so you're not constantly running around having to book these things? That's right. That's right. I mean, we have found, I have found some beautiful, beautiful inns. I have found some people who support our mission and are loving and generous and how they support us. But to have to fit into somebody else's schedule of availability can sometimes make it a little bit tricky. So I imagine you also need a place that's centrally located since so many of your program, program service you know, the counties surrounding Philadelphia, the greater Philadelphia. And Philadelphia covers quite a geographic expanse. We have a, well, Philadelphia cover in general takes in a five-county area, so it's quite huge. Um, but one of the things that's unusual about Nancy's house is we are not defined by diagnosis, by age, by geography. So we have had guests come from Brooklyn to Baltimore. Oh, I'm so thrilled to hear that. So now I can mention this to people I know who are out of state. Absolutely. We, if My feeling is if you can get to wherever we're holding that retreat, we are delighted to have you come. Wonderful. Wonderful. So if folks don't want to donate money to Nancy's house, although they're, you know, I'm sure that would be welcomed, what other kinds of services or resources could others provide that Nancy's House could use other than a physical location for a respite program or conference? Certainly there is that. There is um, doing some networking for us. You might not have that money, but you might know somebody who knows somebody who would be interested in supporting us. Mm-hmm. So certainly to talk about us and network for us is a big piece of that. When we do have events, we have... Um, we're going to be answering the phones for WHYY on October 27th. We can always use people who want to come and help answer phones. That's wonderful. Uh, yes. And for our listeners who are not from the Philadelphia area, that's our public radio station. And being able to help another wonderful service, it's just, it's great fun. And it just feels like a nice way to give back to a community that helps to support us. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are events that where we need volunteers. We do have our conferences. We are planning another conference, not this coming November, that is not 
next month or this month, um, but uh, next year's November. So that one will be, I believe, in Bucks County. And um, we need volunteers to help there, to help in the classrooms, to help guide people so they don't get lost. Um, we often have events where having people come just to help keep the organization flowing is very useful. Uh-huh. And um, you have a board. I'm assuming that many members of the board have a special connection to caregiving. Yes, I would say all of our members have experienced caregiving. And in fact, one of our members is Kathy Sikorsky, who is an elder law attorney. And she has written about her own caregiving in a couple of books, the most recent one called Who Moved My Teeth? Um, <laughs> and it, it intertwines her taking care of her grandmother and legal financial information that every caregiver should have. That's excellent. Is that um, reference available at, on your website at nancyshouse.org? I don't know the answer to that. So if people are interested in getting a hold of tips and guides for elder care. Um, Absolutely. Okay. That would, I imagine if they were to you know, contact the um, info at the website, they could find out. Yes. Um, they could contact that. And there is also a listing of board members, and you can get uh, – Kathy Sikorsky's information. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds wonderful because I've had the pleasure of hearing her speak and she's quite the entertaining speaker at the same time. It not only entertains, but gets the information out that's key. Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. So um, what is the next program uh, or is there a program this November since November highlights National Caregiving Month? November, we are holding an ALS caregiver retreat that's November 18th to 20th at the Inn at White Wing Farm in Westchester, which is and, one of those beautiful inns. Yes, and for folks, that's Westchester, a suburb of Philadelphia, not New York. Correct. Hold that thought. We're going to take another commercial break. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. De-stress with guided imagery. I'm Dr. Franco, a relaxation and guided imagery specialist. I've designed an app, Imagery Work, to relieve stress and improve mood, coping, and performance. My sensory meditations are easy to use and promote fast, effective relief from stress in the body and anxious thinking. Imagery work includes tracks for special challenges, relieve caregiver stress, defeat dental fear, stress-free bride, coping with anxiety with multiple sclerosis, mastering test anxiety, and many wellness tracks as well. To download Imagery Work, go to Apple Store or Google Play. To learn more about guided imagery, visit imageryworkcom To access Imagery Work, go to App Store or Google Play. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, 
Be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Imagine That. If you have a question or comment about our show or would like to share a story about how your imagination has helped you, send an email to Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. That's Dr. M. E. Franco at Yahoo.com. Now, back to Imagine That. Welcome back to Imagine That. I'm Dr. Franco, your host. My guest today is Alyssa Lewin founder and executive director of Nancy's House, a respite care program in the greater Philadelphia area. If you'd like to learn more about Nancy's House, its conferences, its programs, its respite care programs, services, or to make a donation, you can do so at www.nancyshouse.org. That's www. N-A-N-C-Y-S dash H-O-U-S-E dot org. In our last three segments today, Alyssa, we discussed the scope and cost of caregiver stress in America, what caregivers are in need of regarding self-care and relief from stress, and how Nancy's House plays an important role in delivering respite care and self-care and resources to caregivers. Yes. What other programs or conferences does Nancy's House sponsor, uh, not just in November, National Caregivers Month, but what's on the agenda for the year ahead of us? We have so much coming up, and we have so many um, sponsors that I am deeply grateful to. Um, I had already mentioned earlier the Philadelphia Cultural Alliance is sponsoring an arts-based work workshop one-day retreat that's holding on and letting go. We have two retreats coming up in March that are being sponsored by the Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation. Um, for anyone who is taking care of a loved one living with paralysis. And paralysis is pretty broadly defined. It does not have to be somebody who is quadriplegic. Um, So if you have someone who has paralysis as a result of a spinal cord injury, a brain injury, a stroke, um, any number of, it's not limited as as long as that's the definition. And there's one that is. I'm really glad you defined that. Mm-hmm. I think that people don't realize, that's why, you know, you use a phrase and that many kinds of issues would relate to that right. and that they would be eligible. Right. So many of your MS caregivers that you work with mm-hmm. would be eligible for that. That's right. 
And we have one retreat that will be for women and one that will be for men. Those are being held at the Wedgwood Inn in New Hope, Pennsylvania. If you've been to New Hope, it's a beautiful, charming little artist community. Um, and that New Hope is actually um, somewhat equidistant between Philadelphia and New York. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And right across the bridge from, from New Jersey. So it's easy access. Um, also being held the following month in April um, is a retreat, another retreat that will be at the Wedgwood Inn. And that one is being sponsored by Independence Blue Cross in Philadelphia. And that one is for caregivers who may not have access to other, the typical medical services that we think about. It's really reaching out to people who don't have service. And that's for anybody who is themselves 65 or older or who is taking care of somebody who is 65 or older. Can you say more about um, that particular program sponsored by Independence Blue Cross? What kinds of resources are they referring to? There are large chunks, certainly, of the city, but Independence Blue Cross serves the five-county area around Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. There are large chunks of that population where people don't have easy access to medical care or to the support services that we assume are available for caregivers that really are in many ways um, sort of service deserts. Mm-hmm. And so these, this particular retreat is really aiming to provide a support service to people who may otherwise feel isolated um, left by the wayside by the medical community. And to a large degree, that describes most caregivers. But for people in particular who don't have that medical support, who don't have the, the visiting professionals coming in, who don't have um, the network of doctors and nurses readily on call for them, that's really who we are targeting here. But that's not the only requirement. The, what they are stating in their service guidance to us is that this is for anyone who is 65 or older who is take, or is taking care of someone 65 or older. Thank you. That's very helpful. And I, I think it's something um, that will help people understand whether this is a program for them. Yes. Yes. And what's really interesting about this one, I just give boatloads of credit to Blue Cross on this one. They recognize that the people who live in those communities may not have the transportation to drive out to New Hope. And so they are providing that as part of the retreat. We will be meeting at Independence Blue Cross and we will be providing a van so that everybody can travel all together out to New Hope to this beautiful historic inn. And then at the end of our three-day retreat, travel back. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Sounds terrific. I'm very excited about that. I just want to say there's a comment from another uh, retreat we did recently that one of the guests said, and I'm reading this from her evaluation form, I didn't realize how much I needed it until I actually was here and involved, especially in the one-to-one discussions and the massage therapy. Massages, you had asked earlier about what are some of the things we offer. Mm -hmm. Everybody, whether it's a one-day or a three-day retreat, everybody has the opportunity for a full one-hour massage. That's 
definitely needed. Yes. Essential. <laughs> Worth the price of admission just for that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So the conferences are usually a full day? The conferences are full day. They are nine work, well, the last one was nine workshops, the one before that was eight, that are each run twice. So people have the opportunity to go to four of the eight or nine workshops. And they are full day. Um, we provide an activities room with full programming so that if your loved one can't stay at home, you can bring them. And they will have their own programming going on, staffed by nurses and volunteers. Um, so that you can enjoy a full day for you without having to worry about, is your loved one safe? I just you know, want to thank you so much, Alyssa, for joining us today and also for all that you do for caregivers in our area and for those who can travel here. I wish there were more programs like Nancy's House across the country. It is so needed. So thank you again. And for those of our listeners who would like to find out more about Nancy's House, perhaps attend a respite care program, donate, or learn about conferences, please visit www.nancyshouse.org. That's www.nancys-house.org. Please join me next week on Imagine That, when we explore whether animals have an imagination. My guest will be Dr. Stephanie Theodoro, a professor of philosophy who has published on theories of animal consciousness and the realm of animal consciousness. Until the next time, imagine that. Thank you for taking a deeper look into your imagination with Dr. Miriam Franco. Please join us for another episode of Imagine That next Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tap into your imagination this week.